Hello, Sun Prairie. I'm Andy Shaner. This is What Are We Building? Thank you for tuning in. I am at these studios, underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie, over by the library, and I appreciate you listening tonight, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you are tuning in. We are going to be talking about transportation today. Uh, there's a lot of everybody likes their cars. Everybody likes driving in their cars. That's how most people get from A to B. But uh, the city council here recently has started making plans and having very serious discussions with Madison Metro about bus service. And there's kind of two components to that. There's uh, circulator routes uh, within the city of Sun Prairie. We don't have any bus service right now. Uh, if you want to get from, you know, if you live downtown and want to get to Prairie Lakes or you live on the west side, you want to get to Walmart, uh, we don't have any public transportation that gets people around that way. There's a Sun Prairie taxi shared ride, uh, but, but we don't have that, that uh, transportation that's needed for a growing city. And then the other thing is BRT, bus rapid transit, might be something that you've heard about. BRT is kind of a hybrid between traditional bus service and what you'd think of as light rail or you know a commuter train or that sort of thing. And what uh, the city of Madison is moving towards is a bus rapid transit route that would go essentially from from the Sun Prairie Park and Ride. Uh, the city's committed to that. There was some funds that needed to be outlaid uh, to be able to upgrade the station there. Um, they're talking about electric buses, green, eco-friendly buses that would run from Sun Prairie all the way downtown to campus, to Capitol Square, all the way out to Westtown Mall. And they'll have dedicated lanes, dedicated stations. The city of Madison actually unveiled kind of their prototype station design uh so and depending on it just depends on where the route goes some of them are on the median you know in between the the, the two ways of traffic some of them are on the on the side um but nice stations that um make that are dedicated to this brt and it's it's exactly what it sounds like bus rapid transit so it's faster fewer stops um i'm not an expert in this by any means but it is like i said kind of a hybrid and for somebody that you know if you want to get downtown to the farmer's market on saturday morning or to you know rhythm and booms or taste of madison or, or some type of event a you know a badger football game badger basketball game and you don't want to deal with parking you don't want to deal with driving you'd have the opportunity to potentially get on at that sun prairie parking ride and get you downtown for events or you know folks that work downtown and parking is just going to continue to be at a premium and crazy so um so those are kind of the two aspects of it uh one of the things i you know i think we're focused on uh, the wrong way is, you know, there's a, there's this fear or risk of, okay, COVID, everybody, more people are working remotely. And is there going to be the same demand for bus service that we would have had before the pandemic? And I just, I think we're focused on the wrong thing. I think the people that are working remotely, everybody that I, I know that works remotely is in front of a computer screen. They're professionals. They're folks that, uh, let's let's be frank, are, are uh, you know, a, a little bit higher income, um, and, and they're not the people that need the bus. They're, they're the people that even before the pandemic, even before they were working remotely, I don't see them getting on a bus to, to go to their job every day just because it's, it's still pretty convenient in Dane County, in Sun Prairie, Madison, to, to get in your car and, and go where you need to go. What the bus is for is for working class people, the people who they can't afford a car or the insurance or the repairs or the gas to put in it. Maybe they're they're a one-car family because that's all they can afford. Maybe their car broke down and they're trying to save up money to get it fixed or to get a new car. And you need transportation as a stopgap measure for these folks. These are folks that work retail, that work in restaurants, that are, are doing jobs that everybody says they need more people to work. And if we can't get people to those jobs 
from Sun Prairie or from Madison to those jobs in Sun Prairie, we, we lack that sort of connection and infrastructure that we need. Um, th- this is not going to pay for itself. It's not going to be, you know, buses aren't going to be full with, with dollars rolling in from the fares. This is a service that the city provides the same way that it provides fire and police and roads and basic uh, safety and basic connection infrastructure for its citizens. So that's what we need to look for. Um, That's what we need to stay focused on and keeping us connected to the region. Uh, We're not going to have a bunch of people leaving town to go, you know, work in the city of Madison. To to say that is like we're we're building a highway or 151 is going to make people leave some prairie. Some will, some will take and get jobs, but it'll, you know what? That makes it more desirable to live in Sun Prairie. Same way as the people from Madison will be able to come from the east side and work in jobs in Sun Prairie. And it's on us, Sun Prairie, to make things like events and restaurants and jobs and businesses that make people want to come here and not want to leave. And I think we're up to that challenge. And if we've got the bus to do that, we'll have more people and more access to people. And, uh, and it's just better for growing the whole economy. So I'm excited about the bus plans. It means we're a growing city. Last thing I want to mention is so on this BRT thing, BRT, Bus Rapid Transit, we are missing a golden opportunity, if anybody with Madison Metro is listening, to name that thing after a brat. Everybody loves brats. It's Wisconsin as it comes. So whether it's bus, rapid, area, transit, mad brat, I don't care what you call it, but you got to call that bus the brat. It's got to be the brat bus. Just got to be done. So figure out a way to do that. Um, and, and I look forward to myself being able to take the Brat bus at some point. Um, we've got a, a splash pad that's coming. The new high school uh, will we'll, we'll apparently get the keys to that on June, t- uh, June of 2022. So these are projects we've got some dates, firm dates on when, uh, you know, when they'll be done, hopefully as long as everything stays on schedule. So that is what is going on in the city of Sun Prairie and the area. Uh, we will take a little break. And then my guest today is the chair of the Dane County Board. So we'll probably get into some of that same stuff with Annalise Eicher when we come back. Thank you for listening. Stay with us. You are listening to 103.5 The Sun Community Radio, serving the city of Sun Prairie and the surrounding area at 103.5 FM. Uh, This show is available on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. You can dial in 103.5 FM or wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, those sort of places. Just search for What Are We Building, Sun Prairie, and you will find past episodes, current episodes, all that kind of good stuff. A couple of quick notes. Movie night, Sun Prairie Decca Club. I was in Decca. Uh, I'm, I make a good living in marketing now. So deck is great. Uh, at three o'clock movies, concessions and games on Saturday, June 26th at the bank of Sun Prairie stadium. So we built this thing and we knew it wasn't just going to be football games and they're going to have a movie night there. Five bucks gets you in, uh, that benefits the McKenzie family boys and girls club. Go to the Sun Prairie Deca Facebook page. I believe the movie is the Aladdin, the new live-action Aladdin uh, with Will Smith. I didn't see that. I love the old Aladdin, but I never got to see the new one. So my family and I will be there as long as we can get in um, because it's going to be crazy busy. The other thing I want to mention is if you haven't registered yet and want to get in on the Sun Prairie uh, Media Center Kids Workshops, the summer workshops, you got to do that by June 18th. They close June 18th. So all the fun stuff, broadcasting, I've talked about it before, creative uh, really good media program here at the Sun Prairie Media Center. Those summer workshops, you got to register by June 18th. So we will come right back with Annalise Eicher, the chair of the Dane County Board. I hope you enjoy that conversation. Stay tuned for that. This is What Are We Building? I am Andy Shaner. Thank you for being here, Annalise Eicher, on uh, What Are We Building? here in Sun Prairie. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, I, I wanted to start out just kind of get to know you a little bit if people don't 
No, I mean, I, I, so what I know about you is that you're, I think you were, there was an article that you are the youngest person to serve as Dane County board chair. Um, and I won't say exactly how old you are, but I think you're in your early 30s, <laughs> which makes you, qualifies you as younger than I am. Um, and, and quite honestly, I had tr- thought about wanting to have, the show is kind of about trying to have different voices and perspectives. And I don't, I don't know that I've had a millennial on. I don't know if you consider yourself a millennial. I think by the numbers you would be, but I think you're the youngest person I've had on the show. Well, Um, I am honored to be the youngest you've had on the show and you are correct. I am, I am an absolute millennial. Um, and I, Am we look to the history, and I am the youngest person to chair the Dane County Board of Supervisors. But I, you know, have proudly represented District Three in Sun Prairie here since 2018. Okay, I mean, you'd be interesting to talk to, even if you were just kind of over the Dane County Board. But the fact that you're from Sun Prairie, you also serve on the Planning Commission. I do, um, and that's kind of I think how I, I got to know you first was I've. Uh, if I'm doing the show, I should tune into the Planning Commission and figure out what we're building. Um, and so, yeah, you, you're, you, I assume there's always a representative from the Dane County Board on the Sun Prairie Planning Commission. Uh, that one, one might think, but yeah. um, I was actually appointed to the Planning Commission back in 2016 as a citizen member. So okay. I serve on the Planning Commission as a citizen member, uh, and the mayor was... Um, even after I was elected to the county board, um, the mayor was was interested in continuing to have me serve in the citizen capacity, and I said, "Of course, I would be happy to continue serving if you're going to ask me, Mayor Esser." Um, and you know, I think we've got some incredible things happening in Sun Prairie, particularly um, in the planning and development department, which you know you of all people are aware of, yeah, um, yeah. given the topic of your show. But you know, I've I've always had an interest in in planning and development and growth. And so being on the plan commission is, uh, is an absolute honor for me. And, you know, in addition to being on the county board, of course. Sure. So, so backing up a second, where, where did that start kind of that whole interest in planning and development come from? That's a great question. Um, I have always loved seeing how seeing how cities and communities interact and grow and how, you know, various pieces all fit together, you know, sort of you know, how do our urban areas fit with our suburban areas and our, our you know, farm areas. I mean, Dane mm-hmm. County in particular has such a diverse, we're such a diverse county. And I actually served on the county board from 2010 to 2012, uh, in District 5, which was the student district. So when I was in oh, college, okay. I represented campus on the county board. And the chair at the time, uh, Scott McDonald, who is now our county clerk, uh, appointed me to the uh, Zoning and Land Regulation Commission. And I was like, I have absolutely no idea what any of this stuff is, but I'm going to learn it. And I fell in love with it. And I, I it remains an interest to this day. I think there are so many good things that can come out of smart planning and smart development and so many opportunities for partnership and voices at the table. You name it, it can happen within planning. Yeah. And and there are, I mean, I think there are ten, maybe 10 or 12 It's of the planning commission. It's a relatively small number. It's not like it's, two dozen people all sitting, cashing these things out. And yeah. some of them are civilians or yep. citizen members, like you said. There's a school board representative. You're, you're on the Dane County Board. There are some city alders on there. So it's yep. this mix. And they're, they're the first step. And when people see something that whether you like what we're building or don't like it, there is this group of people who I happen to think, by and large, do a pretty good job and with the city staff. 
and and the city planners, obviously, in that department. But they're the people that make these decisions. And we tend to think that's always the city council or, you know, and they're the ones that get blamed a lot of the time. But um, <laughs> I, I'm impressed with – I've been impressed with the work that you guys do and how, you know, the input and insights that you have, that this isn't – stuff isn't just – taken lightly and we don't just rubber stamp everything all the time absolutely not you know you try to find a blend between making it easy to build what we want in some prairie but also making it difficult when it's there are important questions to be asked yeah and i think with every project there are important questions and i you know our plan commission i I, just thinking in my head i think there are nine of us who you know have school board reps there's someone from the um from the parks department that's represented um Mm -hmm. And it's this uh, this really diverse group of thinkers. And there are questions that are asked um, at Plan Commission from members that I would not have even thought of. And I appreciate that someone else is thinking about that question because I might have a different question. And, I, you know, a lot of credit to our city staff as well. I mean, they do an incredible amount of work uh, prior to things coming to the Plan Commission. Um, and then it's our job to make recommendations to the city council. And so, you know, the staff give us something that is really good. Um, yeah. and, and, and we're able to make a smart, informed decision and ask questions. Um, and, I, you know, I think we've done a really good job in the last, um, well, in my time on the plan commission, uh, not to you know, whatever. But uh, I think we've done a really good job of, as as you said, balancing, you know, what what things look like. And I think that our planning processes have helped with that as well. Sure. And that's, I kind of think I hear sometimes, well, the, the city staff just makes all the decisions and it's, well, or does all the work, I should say. It's like, well, they do a lot of work, but it's also their job to be sort of impartial and know what the ordinances and the laws and legal specifics are. And then they serve that up, and you, you got, like you said, you guys make recommendations. Yes. Not everybody on the planning commission is elected, but those recommendations go to elected officials on the city council, and they're yep. ultimately the ones that, that make the final call yep. that within the legal framework that has sort of been established by the staff. I, I think it's a pretty good system. So I think it's a great system, and I think, you know, as you said, our, you, we have these ordinances and, you know, codes and any number of things that, you know, projects have to meet, and... Uh, you know, you hear the word variance thrown in, you know, every yeah. once in a while. And, you know, what our staff does is work closely with uh, the folks looking to develop projects or even if it's, you know, a variance in someone's fence height for, um, you know, a need in their home. Um, you know, our staff work directly with folks one on one to make sure that, you know, projects are meeting muster and are you know, confining to the ordinances and then, being able to give them to plan commission. Yep. And then we make the recommendations. That's a great system. Yeah, um, it, it seems a little bit like a bureaucracy and some red tape. But on the other hand, once you build a building, like it's a big decisions that are getting made. Yes. And they there should be several sort of levels of making sure these things aren't rushed. And yeah. I, I think by and large it, it works. So I, at the same time, I don't think it's overburdensome either. Yeah, and I, I actually just – I talked to Jim Durham with Cora Stone. He was sure. on my last show. And I was just – he was just – kind of surprised me how much praise he heaped on some prairie staff and the the planning commission and how easy it was and how people kind of went out of their way to make a project like that which i'm super excited about I am you too. know you know make that happen and that we sort of stood out i was i was pleased to hear that he liked working with some prairie so i i do want to ask you a little more about dane county because I, I think 
you know, sometimes people don't really understand these different layers and levels of government. But so how, how long have you actually been the Dane County chair? Sure. So I've been chair of the Dane County Board of Supervisors since the end of January 2020. Okay. So I, I assumed the uh, position of chair about right before the pandemic. Yeah. I think I chaired three meetings in person. <laughs> and then we had to quickly make the switch to, you know, virtual like everyone else did. Um, we did that within a week. And, you know, we ended up having to go through an election and swear in a whole new board. Yeah. Virtually, I have colleagues on the board who have never met one another because we haven't been able to gather. We're a large board. We're 37 people. Oh, okay. Um, so with the with the distancing guidelines, it's been hard for us to find a space where we could all be together. And that's but a big Zoom meeting. It's it, a lot of windows. It is a lot of windows. It's a little overwhelming at times. It's been an adjustment. Wow. Um, but I am, am very much looking forward to, you know, ensuring that our colleagues, you know, like can, we can all meet. Um, yeah. At some point, you know, it's it's been hard. Yeah. So so Joe Parisi is a county supervisor. Joe Parisi is the county executive. County executive. Thank yep. you. But everybody votes for him. Everybody in Dane County can vote for Correct. Joe. Um, or whoever's running for, for county executive. And yep. then there are 37, that was going to be my question, so 37 districts? There are 37 county board districts. And so, how, like in Sun Prairie, I, that's why I was a little confused, because there's a special election, and I was kind of like, well, I thought we already have somebody that we uh, in our district, and that's you. But how many different districts are in Sun Prairie? So there are four county board districts that touch Sun Prairie. Okay. And a lot of that has to do with our growth. So about each of our county board districts, when we did the redistricting process 10 years ago now, um, we, I think it was approximately 15,000 people per district. Okay. We've obviously seen a lot of growth since then, um, particularly in Sun Prairie. Um, We should mention you're up for re-election, I presume. How long is the term? uh, All of our county board seats are up in... Uh, next spring in 2022. So the whole board is up for re-election. The whole board is up for re-election in spring of 2022. There will be two special elections that impacts on Prairie this summer. Was a who? Someone moved. Yes. So uh, District 19, represented by Taryn Peterson. Okay. Uh, and she moved out of the district and. That's with, a requirement, I assume. You have to live in the district. Yes, that you, you serve. do have to sure. live in the district that you serve. It's a good uh, one. It is. So uh, so her seat is open, and I do believe there are two filed candidates for that okay. seat. And the primary – there is no primary for that. And so the general election is in July. Um, and I assume you can go to myvote.wi.gov where they have all that good info to find out if you're in. So it's not the entirety of Sun Prairie. It is not the entirety of Sun Prairie, no. But you but can find out if that's your district. You can at myvote.wi.gov. Um, you can also find information on our county clerk's website. So I'm sorry, tell me again when the special election is. So the special election for District 19 uh, is July 13th. Okay, so check that out. Find out if you're, that's your district. And if it is, go vote. Awesome. Sounds good. Find out who the candidates are and who you're going to vote for. Yes, be good there are two. So, but people don't understand the the details of some of their local representation, which is oftentimes has more of an impact on their daily lives. I think, and that's what I've tried to sort of help explain. So, on that note, the anger gets directed at places where it shouldn't be. The other thing I hear is, "Well, I got to get out of Dane County. My taxes are way too high." It's like, well, your Dane County taxes are actually a very small portion of your tax bill. Most of it is property taxes to your schools and your city and that kind of thing. 
so just in a just a real short like Reader's Digest version, what are the what are the top things the county is responsible for that is impacting people's daily lives that aren't local city or school board or state or federal? Yeah. So what's interesting about the county is that we we touch on a lot of things and we are often a convener and oftentimes a go-between between other levels of government. Um, so we're kind of hanging out there in the background, making a lot of stuff happen. You know, I think the biggest things in Dane County, we are our human services department is the majority of our budget. Um, we spend a lot of, a lot of time and money on ensuring folks are, uh, accessing, you know, any number of human services. We do a lot of contracting with community groups. You know, we've got joining forces for families, which is something you might have heard of. We've got an office here in Sun Prairie. So resources for, for folks in the, for, who have human services needs. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I think is, is the biggest Is that one. unemployment, unemployment kind of yep. thing? We've got, we've um, got the job center. We, yeah. you know, if you need, you know, resources or help aging disability resource center, you know, you get connected with the colonial club, all of that is in some, some way or form connected to Dane County. Um, and our human resources, our human services team is is incredible. And, you know, we are always looking, you know, to expand our reach um, and do work, you know, within the community. We would, we would rather have folks who are in the community already doing the work, um, you know, receive funding from the county and contracts from the county than us having okay. to reinvent the wheel. Sure. Which is fantastic. So we do a lot of purchase of service um, for incredible things happening in our communities across the county. Uh, we also spend um, a significant amount of time managing our land and our lakes. Mm. Um, we have a, you know, I, I think the the biggest thing folks might remember was the the flooding in right. back in 2018. Yeah, you know, the county is uh, integral in managing that the lakes are healthy. People can go out and boat on the lakes. That people are going to be safe on the lakes and the waterways. And we have an incredible county park system, uh, which I am. I serve on our parks commission, so I'm yeah. a little biased. But you know, I uh, even you know just near us here in Sun Prairie, over at Token Creek, McCarthy That's a Park, wonderful resource. Yeah, yeah, such a great resource. And all of that is you know is is county driven. And I think the other um, you know big piece of this that is not just Dane County, but is we're kind of the you know that that convener uh, in between piece um, is we do a lot on our on criminal justice uh, in the county. Okay. Um, so the county, you know, we've got our county court system, the county jail, the the DA, all of that is within the county. So we work with the municipal court, sheriff's department, is sheriff's office, yep. all of that. Um, and our new sheriff is actually from Sun Prairie, right. which is fantastic, Calvin Barrett. Yeah. So we are. I think those are the 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 probably the the three biggest things. There are, of course, you know, little things. Um, I have to give a shout out to our landfill, our um, <laughs> our waste and renewables department. Um, is doing incredible things with sustainability, and uh, they will give you a tour of the landfill. Um, and it but is, these are just basic services that people I don't want to say take for granted. But yeah, the, you don't think if about. the garbage don't show up, you know the, we had this debate over Pelletary and yes. Badgerland here in the in city council. But yeah, it's like if the if the garbage ain't right, that's going to get people's attention. Yeah. So. Well, and that's a city issue, and the county is the one. We we are the ones that have the have the landfill, right? And so they, you know, all clean of the, sweep and uh, yep, that all kind of, of that, and it comes comes to the county. But we're mm-hmm. actually taking trash and turning it into energy. Yeah, 
So I know I, I, I wanted to ask you just kind of in the news here lately was this Dang Grant. Yes. Um, Dane, you can tell me. The Dane Arts Need Grant. Okay. And which is essentially a million-dollar fund? Yep. So the um, Dane County uh, Cultural Affairs Commission, or our, our Cultural Affairs Department, is also called Dane Arts. Okay. Um, and one of the things that we noticed when – you know, folks were applying for pandemic relief. There was a group of people who was missing, um, and that was our artists, our creators, um, who are often self-employed. They weren't qualifying for any number of the government programs. And I don't know who has survived the pandemic the last year without the arts um, in some form or the other. Uh, I know I certainly have relied on them, but we saw this need. And so with our, uh, we were able to provide a smaller grant with our CARES funding last year, last summer. Um, But with this uh, $106 million that we received from the American Rescue Plan, we felt that it was appropriate to put a million dollars in the fund to support our area artists. No, and it's kind of a throwback to the old New Deal, New Deal money that invested in Artists and, you know, even some of the Works Progress Administration stuff that just invested in our communities and some of public works. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, putting writers and poets and visual artists and musicians, these people have talents and they, in particular, their industries or livelihoods were impacted. Yes, Um, very much so. You know, maybe you were waiting tables, you know, on the side while also trying to be a musician and both of your jobs are up in smoke. Um, And so I think that's a valid use of those funds and it's certainly good for the community and it was it was cool to see so was that most of that money came directly from kind of the american rescue plan yep all of that money came from the american rescue plan funds okay I mean, we, we've already have heard um the good it's doing from some of the artists who you know have felt sort of left behind um and you know not that they weren't impacted so this is a really really great thing and that actually um our dane arts department is actually i think facilitating those grants right now cool yeah. so you can apply you can go on the i mean if you're a yeah it's on the dane arts website no. yeah. and i'm completely blanking on it but but google dane arts and yeah you should be able to figure out how to get there Super. 100 um the other thing I, I wanted to quickly mention is so the dane county alliant energy center i know has been sort of a, a topic of discussion of what's happening with that i thought joe Prezi's leadership on that was very impressive in that you know, he said this is a facility that we can use and we don't need to reinvent the wheel, as you said earlier. But there are there's some development happening there. And so what is the county's role and the county board specifically in that area or that kind of creating this destination entertainment district that, yeah, again, I'm, I think is really exciting. That doesn't apply directly to Sun Prairie, but applies to the area that I think is cool and I wanted to ask about it. Absolutely. So the Elaine Energy Center has such a, a regional impact for not just the county, but our, our whole region mm-hmm. um, and, and has for years. So it's a county-owned facility, okay. um, which is partly why we were able to transition so quickly into making it a COVID testing site, a COVID yeah. vaccination site, giving space for you know our public health department, our National Guard, and for, you know, for everyone. I got tested twice there. My wife got her shots there. I mean, it just... It, without that resource, if people remember early on, 
other communities were struggling. They and were. We had our crap together in Dane County and had oh, that did. facility open and running very quickly. Yes, and that was, um, you know, a lot of credit to our pub- our leadership at Public Health of Madison and Dane County. But you know, the county stepped up and basically said, "Hey, we've got this. Let's use it." Mm-hmm. Um, so the Alliance Energy Center is, is is really exciting, and I think there's you know there's a ton of potential there. I personally went to my first like big concert there. I think yeah. a lot of folks did in, yep. in the area. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, as the county board, a number of years ago started looking at the Alliant Energy Center and saying, okay, well, what is what does the future look like? What mm. does, what can this be? Um, what updates are needed? You know, what is this section of our county you know what are the what are the possibilities here because it really is kind of a gateway um, yeah. to downtown John and drive is beautiful the yep dane county coliseum is i would not describe as beautiful but it, it is a once. lot of people get yeah a lot of people get to i mean east wash uh you know certainly kind of a main street into into madison but that that exit off oh, of yeah. Rimrock or John Nolan also is a very sometimes people's first impression of it is the city in the area. Yeah, so we uh, the county board had actually pulled together a, um, and this was led by the by the board pulled together a, a, a committee to sort of study and figure out okay, well what what are the possibilities? Mm-hmm. And you know talking to folks in the community from the neighborhood, different you know electeds, neighborhood leaders, business leaders. Um, and pulled so this incredible group got pulled together and basically laid out this vision that says, yeah, this should be a destination. And we should be seeking public-private partnerships and we should be making changes and we should be looking at how to connect this facility to the lake across the street. Yeah. And to, what a crazy idea. You know, and further in connecting it to downtown yeah. off of John Nolan. And so there are some incredible plans and with uh you know looking at the the future you know the the county executive said earlier this year like all right let's start putting this plan into action and so all of the work that the board and this these committees have done uh in the last five years is you know sort of has has come to fruition um and so i'm really excited about the possibilities i know the request for for proposals just closed um, for that, so I'm going to be excited to see what we've got. Um, but the know. plans are essentially to like hotels, restaurants, retail, yep. very walkable. Walkable. Um, you hotels. go down, park your yep. car, and either stay there and then walk to a concert or walk to yeah. Broadfest or whatever's going on, and then also be able to shop and yeah, um, access the lake, access the yeah. parks. Um, you know, businesses in the area. You know, have seen. You know, the Alliant Energy Center. There's tons of meeting space. Already, um, it just needs to be tweaked a little bit and some investment needs to be made. And it's going to be eventually an incredible, not that it isn't already, but an incredible asset to our community. No, and I, I my company works the World Dairy Expo. It's the largest convention yes, in the city. It is. And it's it brings in a ton of people. And everybody, when I work it, they all kind of disperse to different hotels and Go, you know, they go some. They go to the Essen House or wherever they like to go. Mm-hmm. Um, Essen House for whatever reason with dairy people. People like the German food, but well, uh, yeah, it's the Essen House, right? And, and you got to <laughs> go get a boot. Um, but yeah, having something that was a little bit more self-contained for all those different events and conventions and different. There's multiple different things go on there. Be be cool. So yeah, nope. The only thing there is opportunity, and I'm excited to see what you know what happens over the coming years. But I think there's, as I said, a huge huge potential. 
yeah. um, for yeah. that whole facility and that yeah. whole area. Terrific. Well, I, the last thing I'll get you out before I, I, I mentioned you're, you identify as a millennial. You admitted it. Yes, um, I did. And, and I even tell I'm so I'm 42. I'm right. I'm an elder millennial. Oh, yep. That's how I consider myself. Geriatric but, millennials. Sure. Is that what they uh, just decided you're called? I will take that. That's fine. <laughs> um, but millennials are turning are in their 30s or turning 40. We are. You know, um, and they're they're becoming much more involved in the community. Yes. And I, I, I just wanted to get your thought and take on how how you can get more people involved in local politics. I mean, we talked about how people tend to have more awareness of what's going on nationally sometimes than what's going on locally. And how do we sort of get more younger people involved, younger voices, um, younger people elected, and all that kind of thing? I mean, that's a big question, but I just wanted to get your thoughts as we wrap up here. Yeah, it's a huge question, and I could probably talk for days on it. Um, (laughs) But, you know, it's really interesting because we're seeing – the generation behind millennials, the Gen Z folks, um, mm-hmm. starting to run for public office, and you know one of the one of the things I think that's always been difficult for younger folks, for for any of the generations actually, is the time when folks are you know considering running for public office or considering getting involved. Uh, they're often moving up in their career. They're starting their families. Um, All of these things are happening at the same time. And so I think one of the things that we as government have to do is figure out how we are structuring ourselves so that we are not closed off to certain subsets of people. And so, you know, we've got um, we still have county boards and city councils across the, the state that will meet during the day. If yeah. you have a regular nine to five job, that is impossible for you. You know, the county board, actually, this Dane County board is actually relatively young. Um, we have a good number of millennials. Um, you know, I'm 33 and uh, you know, I am not the youngest member of my board, Good, um, which is awesome. And we've got, you know, a, a huge age range. And I think that benefits us a lot. But I could see where if it was a city council that was a little bit older and retired folks and they would kind of like the idea that we'll meet during the day and maybe exclude people that we don't those voices that we don't want so so i think it's it's part of it is on folks who are currently in government Mm -hmm. to be the folks who make that change and even if you're not part of that demographic to say who is missing from this table and how do we ensure that it you know, that we can diversify it or that, you know, we are able to incorporate more voices. And sometimes it takes an invitation. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's not it's, necessarily it's certainly racially and ethnically and backgrounds, but it's also it's also age, it is. you know, diversity. Yeah, it absolutely is. And so it's, you know, it, it's it's thinking about all of those things. And I, um, I give Mayor Esser a lot of credit because he has been very intentional about reaching out to a variety of people who live in Sun Prairie to serve on our, you know, our boards and commissions. And Mm -hmm. some of those folks have gone on to run for office. And, you know, so, yeah, as part of it is folks have to be interested in doing it, but some folks don't even know and you have to be invited. And that's on those of us who are currently in government to do that. Sure. No, and it's kind of, I mean, it applies in business as well as government. I don't always like making parallels, but it's adapt or die. Yeah. And who are your next generation of citizens and what do they want out of this community? Yeah. Um, and, and how do you get their voices heard? Because it's a different community than it was even 10 or 20 years ago. And uh, it's going to be different 10 and 20 years. It's going to be different five years from now. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and, and trying to figure out and look forward, you need younger voices on there. So I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks. I appreciate you coming in. 
Um, that was a little bit of the, the point of this show, I think, was younger people still want to get local news. At least I hope they do. Um, but they can consume it in different ways. They're, yes. I, I don't know. I'm sorry to the star. They do a good job. But there's nobody I know that's under 30 that subscribes to the star. Um, unless you're in government already, but it, it's just, I was going to say, we probably, I probably don't count. Yeah. So the, the print, <laughs> but, but print and journalism and media is adapting and we've got this resource here. We thought, why not use it and try to educate people on things that are going on in just a different way. They're doing it in their car and their commute or while they're working out or whatever, and kind of have it a little more passively than sitting down Sunday morning with a pipe, you know, and reading the Yeah. Thing. Well, my and my favorite uh, way to consume the star is the, on, on Friday nights, uh, we'll sit down with the star and read the winnowing section. I love the history of Sun Prairie section because they'll go through, like, what happened this week 125 years ago? Right. And it's always something just so random and wonderful. And, yeah. um But you're right. Media is adapting and everything else has to, too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much for coming in. And uh, so I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to come out and talk. And I'm always, always willing to sit down and chat. Um, yeah, it was good. Appreciate it. Well, my thanks to Annalise Syker. I mean, this is what we do on this show, kind of local politics, local issues. And Dane County is a big part of that. And so I'm pleased to see she's still, you know, energetic. She's got a lot on her plate. And look, you can complain and take issue. I'm sure plenty of people do with how Dane County manages this whole pandemic. But the numbers are the numbers. And our numbers were better. They were not perfect, but they were better than a lot of places. And it was because of, of the job that we collectively as a group did in some prairie in Dane County, um, but also that uh, good, good public institutions that helped uh, support uh, us through kind of this whole trying year, you know, uh, 15 months that we had. So my thanks to Annalise for everything she did to help, you know, with the county and supporting everybody. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, thanks to you guys for listening. This is 103.5 FM The Sun. I'm Andy Shaner. You're listening to What Are We Building?